You're listening to the Up In Your Business Podcast, episode 016. On today's show, we talk with Mark Schaefer about understanding the future of work, how companies will be hiring less full-time employees, and why it's absolutely critical you build your personal brand now to prepare for it. Uh, Businesses used to take care of you. They used to give you benefits and security. They used to give you training so that you could get to the next level. Well, guess what? That's all on you today. And so I think it really is important to create the personal brand. It's the only transferable asset we have. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self-aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Well, hey there. Welcome to the show. I am Angus Nelson. I'm your host. So glad you could be with me today. If this is your first time listening, I'm super excited to have you with me. This is a great show to give you an intro into what's possible here at Up In Your Business. If you've been listening for some time, I uh, hope you've had an opportunity to stop over iTunes to drop a little review. When you share your review, uh, it helps iTunes tell others that this is a worthwhile show. In addition, we can grow our audience and grow opportunities for me to build out more tools and get a bigger and better guests here on the show. So I'd really appreciate if you did that. For those of you uh, who are unfamiliar with our guest today, I want to just jump into that. Um, he is a, a globally recognized author and speaker, educator, and business consultant. His blog is uh, one of the top marketing blogs. It's called businessesgrow.com. I'll have a link for that in the show notes. In addition, he teaches graduate marketing classes at Rutgers University. He's written five best-selling books, including The Tao of uh, Twitter. He also wrote Return on Influence, and most recently, and you'll hear a little bit about this on the show today, he wrote The Content Code, Six Essential Strategies to Ignite Your Content, Your Marketing, and Your Business. His clients include Pfizer, Dell, Adidas, and U.S. Air Force. He's been a keynote speaker at many, many events, and he's also a guest on all of the usual suspects of media, including CNN, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CBS News, etc. I'm really excited to share this interview with you. I had a lot of fun. I think you will, too. Without further ado, this is Mark Schaefer. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm wonderful. I couldn't be better. It's a beautiful day here in Tennessee, and I'm delighted to be here. You know, from my intro before we got onto this interview, I I share with you all the accolades to Mark's career, and he's kind of a big deal in the world of marketing, impacting global brands and uh, university textbooks and social media trends. It's all super really amazing. Uh, But my favorite part is the fact that you live in Knoxville, Tennessee, hardly the marketing mecca capital of the world. But it's a good place to live. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say. What do you love about Tennessee? Well, you know, um, I moved here from Los Angeles in, um, the, in the 90s and ended up uh, raising my family here and just fell in love with the place. And it's just a very easy 
lifestyle. Um, it's just an accessible, easy, friendly lifestyle. And look, I mean, I can be in New York in one hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so we've got a good airport. We've got a good interstate system. Uh, we've got a large university here. So uh, it's 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 really a great place to live. And I, I love the outdoors. And here in Knoxville, we're in the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. And it's the hiking, camping, and biking and boating capital of the east. So I, I love it here. Yeah, absolutely. Between there and Chattanooga, it's just mm-hmm. a glorious area. Actually, all the way from Nashville headed out there, there's some just really, really beautiful areas. And I just moved here um, just recently for some of the same reasons, quality of life. Um, I didn't want to go back you know, to the Bay Area. I, I wanted to live in a house that had some size to it and a backyard mm-hmm. and a quality life. My wife wants to stay home with the kids and we homeschool. And so we get lots of intention in how we develop their future. Um, And this gives us that opportunity. What I love about that is the fact that you talk about social media and the power of technology. It can be done from any place on the planet. Yeah. Yes. And actually, you know, we we had that debate because – I'm uh, an empty nester now, and my wife and I talked about we we could live anywhere. And you were telling me how you've kind of lived all over the country, and we we kind of fantasized about that too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we found this uh, this property on the lake here in Noxo, and that was it. Nice. <laughs> we we found the we found the all time great home here, and so we we settled in and. And it's, it's just, it's an easy lifestyle. Oh, beautiful. Well, congratulations. So before, um, you know, you got into all of this, um, and you even said this before we got on the call, um, in, in doing my homework on you and doing my creeping as the power of technology, you started out in journalism and then you transitioned, you know, through to traditional marketing and then the world mm-hmm. of tech came about and mm-hmm. social and all of that came into play. How have you stayed so proactive in your career to see the trends, to self-learn and to build your own personal brand? Well, I think I'm I'm just in the right place at the right time, Angus. The it took me a long time to figure out my gift. It wasn't baseball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, I didn't end up being an astronaut. But uh, what I'm really good at is I see how trends come together and what's going to be next. And I think this is what makes me so good at marketing because I can walk into a room and people will be entrenched because this is where they see the world right now. And another group is entrenched because this is where they see the world right now. And I can see how things fit together and how the world is coming together in different ways. I can see how technology fits. How I can connect these dots with how companies are going to evolve, how these platforms are going to be evolve, and what the impact on humans is going to be. I love thinking about that. I love studying that. And so it's just kind of natural for me. I have maybe a natural curiosity, a natural nose for news. And I'm, I'm fascinated by how all these, all these trends are coming together. So it's just, I'm, I'm living in the perfect time. Yeah. Well, you kind of imply that you were really lucky. I think there's a little more to that. We're going to dive into that in just a little bit, but before we do, I want to talk about the marketing itself. 
uh, in your most recent book, The Content Code, uh, Six mm. Essential Strategies to Ignite Your Content for uh, Your Marketing and Your Business, you talk about the badass marketing. Can you give our audience just a quick overview <laughs> of what badass marketing is all about? Well, um, for the last two years, I have really been obsessed with one problem, and it is this. As we reach the end of each digital epoch, that's E-P-O-C-H, not E-P-I-C, um, it gets really hard to be in marketing. So the first digital epoch was create a website. Then once we had a website, the next epoch was become discovered, search. The third epoch is where we are now. It's an epoch that's fueled by social media, content, and mobile, and it is focused on helpfulness on utility, mm -hmm. helping your customers at the point of need wherever they are. Well, the problem is if you were the early adopter at the, at the beginning of each of these epics, you had an advantage for some period of time. And then it gets hard. It gets more expensive to be in marketing. That's where we are right now in this epic. And of course, the, the next epic facing us is going to be fueled by virtual reality, augmented reality, and, and wearable technology. But we're not there yet. So we have to figure out what do we do right now because it's hard to be in marketing because of this overwhelming information density. This is the most powerful trend in, in marketing, maybe in business. It's forging everything we see, everything we do, our strategies, our technologies, our platforms, our budgets, our skill sets are all aimed at one thing. How do we cut through this wall of noise? So I wrote this book called The Content Code, as you kindly mentioned, and it's the answer. I'm a business strategist. I want to know, what do I tell people what to do? I need to know. I need to figure out the answer, and the answer is in the book, in the, in the formula of B-A-D-A-S-S. So that's the first letter of each of the six possible strategies that I found on how to ignite your content. And this is different than a like. You know, a like is kind of passive. People are kind of waving at your business. But what I'm getting at is how do we get people to share your ideas, share your content, really become advocates for your business? And it's all about B, branding, A, what I call the alpha audience, the, the special elite group of people who actually move the content, D, distribution, advertising and promotion, uh, A, which would be the authority of your site. Uh, S, social proof and social signals. And then finally, the last S is shareability. How do we remove every obstacle we can to get your content to ignite in this incredibly information-dense world? That's fantastic. Um, and that was a great way of saying it so briefly. It's, it's almost like you know your stuff. I, I, I kind of <laughs> dig that. <laughs> It is hard to cover that briefly. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was really impressive, quite frankly. Um, so in your book, um, you, know, you talk about the unsaturated niche. Mm -hmm. And with the Up In Your Business podcast, I'm not so sure that I'm completely unsaturated. I know that leadership is, is kind of a popular thing. But you know, with 
the audience I'm trying to reach, it's that business leader age 39 with children. They've grown skeptical of the corporate game. They know that there's much more to life than a paycheck. And they're finally at a stage where they want to be better, do better and influence those around them for good instead of just their own ego. Um, with that, how do today's business people, whether they be in corporate or whether they be in um, the entrepreneur world, how can they use this marketing to build their own personal brands for the future? And if you could explain why it's so important to have your own personal brand. Well, it's absolutely critical. It's something that I'm really quite uh, passionate about because it's the only transferable asset we have. We're, I mean, look, I mean, when I started out in business, there was, uh, there was still this almost uh, family kind of relationship that big companies had with their employees. So I'm lucky in that I was able to witness these transitions, this really evolution, arguably revolution in how we run our businesses uh, today. And uh, businesses used to take care of you. They used to give you benefits and security. They used to give you training so that you could get to the next level. Well, guess what? That's all on you today. And your career path, you, the responsibility for your career is on you. And so no matter how settled we are, no matter how happy we think we might be, I've been around long enough to know that there is – you know, there's a there's an inflection point in every business. There's a financial reckoning in every business where you have to make big decisions about do I go, do I stay, do I really want to be part of this change? And so I think it really is important to create the personal brand. And for me, the the heart of that, the the kernel at the middle uh, of creating your presence, creating your authority, is some kind of content. It could be a podcast like you're doing. It could be a blog. It could be a video series or you know, something like that. But there's some sort of, of rich content really at the center. And that's part one. The content really doesn't have any value if it just sits there. You have to think about how do I get this content to move? And that's where this content code book comes in. What I'm suggesting is – so much of the conversation today, whether it's a personal brand or a company brand, is about content. We need content. We need great content. We need epic content. And the audience. How do we get more followers, more friends, more likes? But the economic value of that content is exactly zero unless people see it and share it, which suggests a third competency of content ignition. And that's how all these pieces fit together, I think, in my mind, whether it's a personal brand or uh, a company brand. On the other side of the brand building of the small entrepreneur, I think you're right on track because, you know, in my day job, taking a look at the future of work, they're saying by 2020, some studies say close to 50% of the workforce will be contract labor, people who are not employed by a big companies who are not employed on a full-time um, process, but rather on, 
you know, a four contract basis. So they're saying that the work of tomorrow, especially young people are going to be about holding three, four, five different jobs all at the same time because they have the freedom to work as they wish. At the same time, they have the flexibility to take what they want. The trade-off for that is they have to have a reputation that helps them to be able to get a paid more and B, the second part of that is that they give quality work. They can be expected to turn in the best work uh, on time and are great to work with. Great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, great observation. I think it um, it really reinforces the idea of the importance of the personal brand. So if you share that from stage, go ahead. It's A-N-G-U-S-N-E-L-S-O-N. <laughs> So I want to take it beyond um, talking about the branding part. And let's go to the next level um, as we kind of dive deeper into this line of continuum. You work with some of the top companies, um, with some of the top roles in the world, your books, your speeches, they've impacted, you know, strategies for today's online marketing efforts. And it's, it's really kind of crazy to fathom, you know, that kind of influence. Um, would you be open to share a little bit about, you know, what caused you to have the courage to do what you're doing and, or some of the things you've had to battle through positively or negatively, um, of those influences on your own life that have prepared you to do what you're doing today? Wow, boy, that's a, that's a great question. Nobody's ever really asked me something like that before. Well, uh, for me, I mean, I'm I'm kind of an unusual entrepreneur in that I I feared entrepreneurship for this reason. I I didn't think I would know when to stop working, mm. and as it turns out, that is very true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I I always had a lot of ideas. I had a lot of energy. I knew I could do it. And, uh, oh gosh, the time frame was probably about 2006 maybe and um, maybe 2005. And I started doing a little consulting on my own. It started on I – was, I was on a plane flight and met this guy that was in, a, in the global jewelry uh, distribution business. And so he was lamenting problems he was having with his business and I just kind of threw up my hands. I said, okay. I can do this. I can help you. And so that was really my first consulting client because I just knew what to do. So I did the research. I put together a strategy. And this strategy became the foundation for him building his company very quickly to the next level that helped him sell it and retire, which was part of his goal. So that worked out really, really well. And I was going through some uh, some personal transitions at that time. It's kind of a long story, but my company, who who I loved, had a great career uh, with a company called Alcoa, big global metals and mining company. And uh, my last job there, I was the global director of e-business, um, and uh, I was kind of in the sixth year of the job, and they wanted me to move to Switzerland. And there were just some things going on. I went back and forth with them for about six months and I just decided, you know, I, I'm at a point in my life, I can I can try something else. And and for me, the big tipping point was my kids' college education was paid for. They were off in the world doing their thing. 
and I felt like I was in a personal situation and a financial situation where I could take a risk and try something else. So I started consulting and teaching, and it, the business really uh, took off right away. Um, it, 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 built, it has built um, very steadily for the last few years. It took about two years to really get critical mass to say, okay, I've got the income that I need right now. And that's advice I give every entrepreneur. I say, are you prepared to be broke for two years? Because even if you have a, a great business idea, you, you, you've got to be patient. If you get into a desperate money situation, then you start making decisions that deteriorate the business. You start taking on part-time jobs. You start making bad decisions around cash flow or whatever. So, um, and it, so it's worked out great. Have you ever been stepping onto a stage and right before you spoke, you said, what happens if I stick my foot in my mouth? No, never, because um, now I think about that about the blog sometimes. <laughs> I think about the, about that about the podcast sometimes because the, the I say things on the podcast that I wouldn't even say in the blog. But when I step on stage, I'm I am ready. I am prepped. I am rehearsed. It's 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 not. Um, you know, I don't approach speaking as a, as a flippant thing. I don't approach flip speaking as something I get ready for the night before. When I, if someone pays me to take the stage, it is going to be spectacular. It is going to be great. I'm going to know that material so well. And if it's a 45 minute speech, I will be done in 45 minutes and people will be wanting more. So it's, it's, I've kind of crossed the line, I think, but moving from teacher almost to entertainer, and I, and I don't want to, I don't want that to come across in a silly way, but I think that's what makes my speeches memorable. Mm -hmm. Is that there's an element of of um, of power, of 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 humor, of storytelling, and um, and so I know that. Even if you listen to the greatest speaker, you're really, really interested in someone, you start fading out every five to seven minutes. And so, so I mean, I've got interventions every five to seven minutes, something to bring, keep the audience with me and to, to keep them with me for, for, and, and totally engaged for that 45 minutes. So uh, when, whenever, whenever you see me talk, uh, it, it's, it's going to be an event. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, so it sounds to me that this whole progression has been copacetic uh, from going to college and then working through your career and then sp spinning off to create your own business. Are you telling me you've never had times where you uh, second guessed or made a mistake? Well, I make mistakes all the time, but I think the key to successful entrepreneurship is making mistakes, but never making a mistake you can't recover from. And that's a concern I have really with, you know, there's, there almost seems to be like this cool factor around failing in some spectacular fashion. Successful entrepreneurs don't, don't try to do that. They, do, they put buffers around themselves to try to do everything they, they can to not fail. Sure, you make mistakes. That's how you grow. That's how you learn. But you got to be able to recover. 
And I think it's a smart balance. I think that's a real key to, to entrepreneurship is knowing when it's when the cliff is looking a little too deep, a little too steep. And there's there's no glory in 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 jumping off and falling to your death and then having to go into a place uh or, or a work environment that you that you never wanted to to go to because you gotta make ends meet. You 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 gotta you gotta be able to come back and, and fight another day. And so, sure, you know, I, I make mistakes, but I think I've managed things in, in, in a smart way. Um, you know, I've made, I've made uh, tons of mistakes. I've, I've made bad calls, but, but they've been little ones that I can recover from all along the way. That's fantastic. So here's why I'm super excited, because I know that you speak to students. You're an yeah. adjunct professor in colleges, mm-hmm. and you nailed it. In this day and age, being the startup guy is sexy to Mm -hmm. go out and be the entrepreneur and to quote unquote hustle. Mm -hmm. And we see these young people stepping out for better or worse, stepping out with lots of ideas and lots of creativity, but not necessarily a lot of wisdom. Yes. And I really appreciate what you just said, because I have a 20 year old daughter who Mm -hmm. is walking into this world, you know, kind of eyes wide open. And I'm trying to also share some of those wisdom insights, but I'm dad. So I need a professor like you. Yeah. <laughs> to kind of well, I love to behalf. do that. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I'm a teacher in everything that I do. That is really my, my heart. And I, I do coach and mentor a lot of young people. I had a meeting in New York with a guy this week. He's 25 years old and he's walking into this, you know, startup world. And oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. And he's, He's just such a, a kind and hardworking guy. He's actually an immigrant from um, from uh, Ukraine, mm-hmm. and uh, found a way to put himself through school in America, and has been in the startup world. And finally, he's um, he's got something hot right now, but he has the I think he has the the, the wisdom and the humility to seek out somebody like me mm-hmm. and say, "Look, you know, what do I do? I'm at this crossroads." What are my options? And we kind of went into this meeting, and um, you know, I was happy to help him and listen. And and I think um, you know, he, he was so, so full of anxiety and trepidation, and I was able to give him a few options. And I think he felt really relieved and happy at the end of the at the end of the talk. And that's that's the real wisdom is is um, you know you've got to have a certain swagger mm. in the startup uh, market, and I think that's good. But you also have to have humility and you have to be able to ask for help and listen. Mm. Perfect. So I have, we're coming into the end of our time and I have one more question for you as the adjunct professor and teaching on modern marketing and social, et cetera. You know, how do colleges as a whole keep up with the speed and change of technology? As I've told my daughter Wanting to go into marketing advertising, I've been advising her to go get a job or at least start with an internship with an yeah. agency to get real time, you know, data and, and and learnings versus spending four or five years in college and potentially mm-hmm. graduating with an education that is already irrelevant. Well, I think you're spot on, and um, I do. I teach. At, uh, at Rutgers University, but I also lecture at universities either live or virtually all around the world 
almost every week. Um, there are more than 50 universities that use my books in their curriculums, and so I'm happy to Skype in and do Q&A with students and I learn a little bit about the program and the teachers. And the thing that's really sad to me is that the state of marketing education in in America, certainly in much of the world, is pathetic. Mm. It's in crisis. And it's exactly as you say. They can't keep up for two reasons. Number one, to get any sort of new course through the accreditation process at most universities, it takes two years. That's a lifetime mm. in the digital world. Mm-hmm. The second thing is most of the people in academia, they cut their teeth in the business world 10 or 15 years ago. They're, they, they're not embracing this stuff in general. There are a few exceptions, but in, in general, I mean, I had one professor at a major university come up to me after my talk. She's a tenured professor, maybe 40 years old. She said, you know, I really haven't gotten into this social media thing. Do you think I should? That's not unusual. Um, there are major universities in our country that don't have one single digital marketing program. Now, I'm very happy teaching at Rutgers because they kind of went around the system in a way, in an entrepreneurial way. Mm. They created this set of classes up there um, that are, are it's open, it's open enrollment. I mean, anybody can enroll. You don't have to be a student at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's entrepreneurial, and they, they, they don't use tenured professors. They bring in professionals the best they can find from all over the country. And that's exactly what needs to be done. Mm. And, e- and even universities can't even copy that model because they're so caught up in the bureaucracy. So it is very difficult to get a meaningful marketing education today. It's sad to say, but I mean, I, I, I come from a, a place of authority on this because I see what's happening at so many universities. Right, right. Well, I'm super thankful that you're a part of that, that you can even disrupt that area um, and kind of share some of this philosophy with others to not just with marketing, but some of the other areas of, of university curriculum as well. Um, because as we shared, all this entrepreneurship is about disruption. Everything's being disrupted right now. We're in a period of change, a period of uh, progression. Um, and I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you, they want to hear your podcast, they want to see some of your teachings, how do they go about doing so? You can find everything in one neat place. It's called businessesgrow.com. And you can find my blog, my podcast, my books, lots of free slide presentations, and all kinds of resources for businesses of every size. I really appreciate you for your time. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. I'm so grateful for Mark joining us today. That was a fantastic uh, interview. So for you who are listening today... You are probably paying attention to the fact that um, the future, its we don't know what it's going to be yet, and yet we have power and control to do something about it. One of the invitations was in building your personal brand, and that takes a little work. That takes a little creativity, and sometimes it can be a little intimidating. Uh, there's Some of us, especially who grew up in the Midwest, you've heard me talk about that, it can feel a little narcissistic or can feel a little awkward to try and tout yourself because obviously we think we should be recognized for who we are and what we've done. 
And yet, if you're not the one out there trumpeting those claims, nobody else is going to do it for you. So it's critical that you develop some form that's comfortable for you to authentically express what you've done and what value you bring. And I want to help you. If you need somebody to come alongside, coaching is what I do. I can help you with that. I've got a product I'm releasing here very shortly um, on helping you network. And that's just the beginning. I'm going to be releasing some other pieces uh, that are going to help you. But one in particular going into 2016, I'm making myself available to coach for you. And if you want someone to come alongside you to help you both personally and professionally, I'm making myself available. Um, I've only got a few slots I'm going to be opening. My time is kind of precious. Uh, But if you'd like to inquire, you can email me at hello at angusnelson.com, and I'll be sure to get back with you, and we can talk some more about that. Um, And in addition, uh, if you're listening, you've been enjoying these broadcasts, um, I would really appreciate it. If you went to the iTunes website and placed a review, the more reviews that you share um, with other podcasters, not even just me, but for all of us, it helps get the word out and validates uh, the worthwhile of listening to our shows. Um, So in particular, for Up In Your Business, I would love if you left a review. If you need anything from me, you want to get in touch with me, have some questions, or you'd like to join our private Facebook group, you can also email at hello at angusnelson.com. My goal here is to help you, to serve you, and to help you be your most effective self going into this next year. Let's set some goals and let's crush them. But we're going to do it balanced, we're going to do it authentically, and we're going to keep our families intact along the way. If you're up for that, I'm up for it too. Can't wait to get with you uh, next week for our next show. Um, Other than that, be amazing be grateful, and uh, be you. Thanks for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, that's .co, not com. Well done, sir. Those Hello. were th- that was one of the most fun podcasts I've I've done of the of the whole year.